Right, I think we have one more What the Truck after this one, and with us, Chicago native Kyle Littner. He's been uh, Freeways Insiders, he's been on What the Truck. Oh, he's yeah. He's probably uh, the most handsome man in <laughs> Chicago. Trying. Fantastic to be here. Great to have you on, Kyle. Thanks for just jumping in. Always a pleasure. I see uh, Tom Allen, he's just glowing over there because he thinks that we might mention Freight Futures. It's possible. <laughs> Maybe. I suppose we could dive into it. Let's do it. What is a freight future? It is a way to always make money every time you participate. Wow. No. Uh, <laughs> freight futures are a mechanism to de-risk your freight portfolio, whether you're a shipper, carrier, or 3PL. Basically, the goal is always to identify what gives your portfolio risk. We move it into the market, and now you have no risk, thereby increasing your possible gains. Hey, how many freight waves events is this for you? Oh, um... Dallas, Atlanta, three, maybe four. How many of you guys had? Four? I don't know. I've Five? been to two, personally. Two? Uh, yeah. This is either my third or my fourth. I can't give you a concrete answer because they're all so much fun, they kind of blend together. Well, we're trying to set you up here. <laughs> Who's grown faster, freight waves or K-ratio? Uh, obviously, <laughs> K-ratio. No. Um, you guys, and in a tremendous, uh, I hate the axiom, but the hockey stick kind of growth, just from a headcount perspective, <laughs> you know, I, I can't believe how many people you're up to now. And I think, you know, I first got into freight uh, in July of last year, and you guys were probably around 20 people strong. I feel like I knew everyone by face and by name. And now so many new faces, so many new people, and it's not like the quality has decreased with the quantity. So it's, it's nice to see. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, I know you're all about being here for relationship building. I don't know how much right. you've actually attended. Uh, did, yeah. you, did you get to see Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street? I popped what, what do, my head in. What do you know in. about him? Um, yeah, I'm, <laughs> uh -oh. I'm kind of a fan, and I'm kind yeah. of not. Uh, oh, I have oh. seen the movie. <laughs> I've, uh, I've read the book. It's a very interesting story. It's a charismatic story. He's a charismatic person. Uh, you know, we all have our differing opinions on the savoriness of his past life, I guess. Was, uh, he, he claimed that when he wrote, wrote it in jail, or, or he, he came uh -huh. across a Tom Wolfe, ironically, uh, book, and that he emulated his style, learned to write from Tom Wolfe's style. I don't know if you've read any Tom Wolfe, but did you find that the style of the book was like Tom Wolfe? No, but I oh. am not the expert in that arena. Oh, okay. I think we could ask you with the doctorate in literature. Well, exactly. I just, I haven't read, I haven't read uh, the book. But, um, Have you read any Hunter S. Thompson? Uh, oh, of course. Yeah, okay. Love that, you? love that journalism. Uh, yes. Yeah. I would say the the Jordan Belfort style of writing is more similar to Hunter S. Thompson. Than oh, Wolf. did yeah. you know that Thompson, he, Hunter S. Thompson used to write ESPN articles too? And we yeah, are the first. ESPN yeah. Freight, so that's how it all ties back in together. It all comes together. He's surprisingly knowledgeable of sports. Me? No, Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> oh. Not you. I know you know sports. <laughs> You're the actually ESPN not. Hunter S. Thompson sure articles. Those were good. That one. <laughs> Um, Bears are looking okay. Oh, come on, man. Decent. What do you, you think guys of want me to leave set? I think Mr. Trubisky. What is, what's no. his uh, football future? Uh, he doesn't have one. He should go short now. Ow! Uh, wow. Build up his confidence. Oh He's still God. got a season to play. <laughs> he, you know, it ripped him apart. It is always what you're going to get with K-Ratio. It's brutal honesty. Yeah, well, the uh, poor Bears have never had a quarterback even when they won the World, uh, the, uh, the, the um, Super Bowl in 1985. And then Rex Grossman took them there in 2009. He still wasn't the guy. Yeah. So... <laughs> 
Cal, you know what I like about you? There's only a few people, even in this audience, that I can, maybe maybe if we were like at the FinTech conference, but there's only yeah. a few people at this conference that I can go, looking good, Kyle. And you'll get the, I'll get, <laughs> you're going to get the feeling <laughs> the good, Dooner. Yep. Thank you. Oh, wow. Well, I don't know what that's right over your head. Not Chicago, it's a Philly movie. Tom knows what I'm talking about. I think Tom was in the movie. Were, were you? Oh, wow. You were an extra in the film? Tom, can you come up here real quick? <laughs> come here. Show off your Freight Waves blue shirt. Thank you, Tom. Here he comes. Here he, yeah, he almost, he almost tripped. This is Tom Allen. Tom, the what past, do you do around the here? present, and the futures wrapped go. up into one. Yeah, so I, I am responsible for the trucking freight futures markets at Freight Waves. That's what I do. Wow. So you guys work pretty closely together. Yes. Yeah. Is he, can I, should I trust him, or is he the... Uh, <laughs> Is is the is the futures uh, the present or uh, the future? It is the present. I mean, oh, they are you're right living now. in it. It is the present, so you are living. I'm there. living in the futures exactly. <laughs> yes. right now. Hey, okay. Kyle, what, what kind of conversations are you having at your booth? Because every year it kind of changes the different booths we have here. You're starting to see right. a more diverse crowd of people show up. It's not just a bunch of. This isn't Gats. It's not just a bunch of trucking guys. Right. Saying, it's not just trucking. It's not just shippers. It's not even just intermediaries. I think there are a lot of people here who are interested in the tech standpoint of it. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of people that are looking to invest or get involved with some of these new emerging technologies. A lot uh, of people you know, who came in from SFO. Yeah. Uh, you know, just ourselves, we've noticed that uh, we get the typical foot traffic for what we're known for, and that's freight futures. But uh, part of that idea of being part of the revolution of this industry, you know, we ourselves debuted a new product that's more in line with pricing and freight intelligence for some of the operational aspects of it. Because I think, like what we're all seeing out here today, you know, there is a large amount of new ways to look at this industry. And it is a revolutionary time, so uh, things are going to change, whether you like it or not. Yeah, there's a lot of really smart people around here. It's yeah. a really cool conference. Yeah. Lots Wait, what going was it? On. What's the product? What, where did you debut? <laughs> uh, it was yesterday. It was one of the demos. Oh, well, we're yeah. up here the whole time. I know. I, I barely <laughs> got to see it myself. Uh, we debuted a new interactive platform that takes your internal data benchmarked to every single indice offered through Sonar. Uh, and on top of that, then we went ahead and offered that same data because it's already living inside the platform. And you can now back test against the futures market to see what you could have got and also take a forward look to see what you could get from a margin protection standpoint. Wow, we don't mean to leave you on a cliffhanger here, but how do people learn more? Our next guest is, uh, is on deck. www.k-ratio.com is where you can find us. I have no idea who's on deck. I'll leave that to you, though. Okay, K-Ratio. Thank you for joining us, Kyle. Thanks, Thanks Kyle Lindner, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Thanks for being up here, man. And you, now, you ladies and gentlemen, Henry right. Popplewell, CEO oh, of, of Skybits. Sky Come on up. Here he comes. Hey, hey welcome. Woo. His booth is the one with the Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, best Jolly Ranchers. Yes. They are. You know, there's a heavy amount of grape and blue ones in that bag. Really. Yeah, because yeah. I took all the orange. I, I personally like orange. I knew like it. The <laughs> they were selected. <laughs> Emily had a theory about that. I couldn't find hardly any watermelon or cherry. <laughs> Another fan favorite. They, they went pretty quickly. Yeah, so I understand you had a little bit of trouble getting to a, the event like a lot of us. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, everybody probably really struggled to get here. And uh, numerous delays and ended up getting here very late Monday night. But what happened, I check into the Marriott Marquis and they say, Mr. Popwell, you, you've been a very loyal customer. We're going to upgrade you two-room suite, what? windows all around, Whoa. overlooking Lake Michigan. 
Is, is this so, true? No, really? Yeah, well, no, I'm making it up. Yeah, of course it's true. Chad and I are roommates. We didn't get that kind of treatment. <laughs> no. we, got, we got put next to the elevator. I could, I could they, they don't like conference. you. You could either get the elevator or the bathroom. So, so she said, well, that's, that's a result of you being a very loyal Marriott customer for all your life. And so I have this kind of elite for life type status because I've, so I have a daughter and she thinks, dad, that's great. You're elite for life. You're always going to get upgraded at Marriott. Mm. She doesn't realize that means I spent three years of my life in a Marriott hotel room. Wow, is that what that means? Well, that's the past. You're living in the future. I'm patting the present right now. Being in the future, one of the cool things that his company does, Chad, is, you know, a lot of people talk about the the, the trailer, looking for the cab, the Freightliner, but what does a shipper care about any of these trucking companies' actual cab for? They care about the trailer, right? Because that's where their revenue and their goods are. So what he does is they put IoT in the trailers and they help bring visibility to where the goods are that shippers care about, correct? Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, we a lot of t- trucking is a is a reasonably inefficient industry, right? There's a lot more trailers than there are trucks. There's three or four times as many trailers. They're parked all over North America. What we do is we help companies bring a lot of efficiency. We help them optimize that. And the other thing we do is we help them know whether a trailer's loaded or empty. So you know not only that the trailer's available, but that it has cargo and it's moving. Well, you guys are doing some innovative stuff, but you've been doing it for a while now. How long have you been in the game? How many how many uh, trailers are you tracking? Yeah, so great question. So uh, Skybit started about 20 years ago, and today we track just uh, shy of 700,000 trailers for most of the largest trucking fleets in, in North America. So you're not just tracking goods, you're tracking data too, I guess. Yeah, I think... Um, the merger of the physical and the digital, yeah, right? Yeah, that's it, man. That, they can't be lost. Exact, no, that's exactly right. If you think about it, Today, the movement of information is as much as the movement of cargo, right? It's the movement of freight. It's the movement of information. And shippers, receivers, they expect to know where that, you know, Amazon's created a great experience. Where's my stuff? And you know where everything is all the time. That's become the table stakes that everybody expects. So it's the movement of information as well as the movement of goods. You know, sometimes you'll see demos here, and I always try to put things into context and think the practicality of how you'd actually use this technology. And not necessarily at this particular event, but I've seen demos before, and it's like, it's pretty clear these people have never worked a day in operations in the logistics industry because there is no way that this would work on a functional level. You guys have that experience, though, and that is what separates your products a little bit, you were telling me. Yeah, I think so. I mean, our, our whole company is folks that have been doing this for an awful long time, folks that have been in the industry for a long time before they came to Skybits. Myself, I spent 22 years in logistics before joining Skybits. And I think as you look around here at the show, which is just incredible this time, oh, yeah. you, you see a lot of companies and, and you know, there, there are newer companies and there are more established companies. And I think these, these kind of, the revolution as it was just described, but the kind of dis, the bad word disruption, yeah. but I think, it puts, I think it puts a lot of onus back on an established company like Skybits. You got to continue to innovate. You got to continue to grow. You got to you got to continue to adapt to what the market is offering you. Yeah. Well, speaking of of doing a little bit of both, Shelly Simpson spoke earlier today of JB Hunt, JB Hunt 360 coming out in 2017, and you know one of her points was interesting. She said, you know, you can I can track a pizza all the way to my doorstep. But some of our shipments, as soon as they leave the dock, we can't see it, and we don't know even when they're arriving at their other destination. Are you? You guys are a part of the transparency and visibility push, though, right? You, yeah. you, you want this. You're supporting that change. That's absolutely right, and I think I think it's absolutely a requirement. 
uh, JB Hunt is a large customer of ours, as a matter as a matter of fact. We help them keep track of where their trailers are all throughout North America. And I think that visibility has become an expectation. And I think companies that deliver that and, and embrace that differentiate themselves from their competition. You know, it's interesting, and we were talking about that term disruption on the last What the Truck we were doing. We were talking about it at your booth, and in some ways it's become this marketing buzz term that, you know, I'm a disruptor or I'm an influencer. It's a LinkedIn headline. It's something people put in front of their title than an actual practical thing, because when you think about it, being a disruptor in supply chain is kind of a terrible thing. Who wants to get disrupted? You need your goods to flow. Yeah, I I think that's right. I I think that the way I prefer to think about it is, you know, view view the ideas of disruptors as new ideas, things that haven't been done before, new technologies, improvement to the process. But for a company maybe a little more established, make sure you have your, you know, your ear to the market. Make sure you understand it. Make sure you continue to invest in what your customers are looking for. Yeah, I think some of it's a, a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. You know, we're, 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 we're adapting. We're wanting to learn. We're wanting to change. And it sounds like you guys are constantly doing that. Yeah, I think you have to. I, I think if you don't, you, you become... Uh, I don't want to mention anybody, but you know, you become maybe like a, oh, a, a large, dinosaur, right? A large retail company that's not around anymore. Be the comet, not <laughs> the dinosaur. Right. Exactly. Be in the air, not on the ground. Right. Well, it's great to have you on. Uh, you want to, you want to like tell them how to get in touch with you. Yeah, uh, sure. So uh, obviously, uh, Skybits, we we have a fairly large uh, presence here at the show. Uh, you know, skybits.com is, is really good and uh, pretty interactive, so you can learn a lot about the company. Let's talk about your booth really quick. It's one yeah. of my favorite things because I don't really get to go up too many of them except when I'm doing these pre-interviews. What kind of conversations are you having with people here and how have they changed over the years? Are they becoming easier and are you talking to a different type of person? So I, I think that one of the things that we really like about the Freight Waves Conference is it is I don't want a different type of person. It's a different type of conversation. Some other shows that we attend are a little more stoic. Mm. There's quite frankly not a whole lot going on. Yeah. Here we won't name names, right? Yeah, no yeah, no acronyms there right, or three-letter names. If you, some others that are around anyway. But but you know it, here, so we have maybe two or three different types of conversations. We have customers. They want to know what's new. They want to kind of check in on how development's going. That type of thing. The other thing that happens a lot here are. People recognize our company is well-established. They recognize the size and kind of scale we bring. And so they're like, okay, how do we collaborate? How are we going to work together? Back to Shelly Simpson, right? Yeah. How are we going to work together? How are we going to collaborate? And how are we going to bring something better to the marketplace? You know, she said she said a really interesting thing, not just on stage, but on this show before she did her thing on stage this morning. And we asked her, when she looks around, does she see competition or collaboration? She said, absolutely, collaboration. If there's a great idea here, it's something that we want to work with and, and bring to market for ourselves. And if you're looking at a legacy company like them and how they've grown and... Even their marketing is incredible. I don't know if you saw, like, you were at their party. Even that (laughs) 360 camera. I mean, they really bring it all together. They're a very, very sharp company and probably reason why they're one of your biggest customers. Yeah, and, and I, you know, back to her point, I think you just have to consider competition as given. Somebody's there's always going to be somebody out there that offers alternative, right? And she did admit that, yeah. Yeah, and so so embrace the collaboration part of it. Don't sit there and think, oh, I'm competing with everybody in this room. You're not going to stand alone anyway, right? So find the folks that similar vision similar outlook on how we help the market and work with them. Fantastic. Uh, it is great to have you on and learning a bit about Skybits and what is happening. Henry Popple. What, what do you got next to, well, to do here? Yeah, at, yeah today? 
Yeah, well, what are you, well, you going to round the day out? We have a couple more shows on our live stream. What are you going to be doing next? Yeah, so I've got a couple of customer meetings, and then obviously I'm going to sit in for a couple more of the sessions that are going on here. Nice, nice. Yep. Uh, Howard Green, I think he's going on stage. I saw him walking by with, with JT, so that's going to be pretty exciting. Are you excited about any uh, any of the uh, demos that you've seen or anything, any yeah, of the boosts you've seen? Actually, you've... a lot of them. You know, there's um, there are many companies here that are kind of taking uh, – data and figuring out how to, I don't want to say customize, but making it very personal for the companies that they're working with. What's going on, you know, with the, the Amazons, the Uber Freights, the Convoys is very exciting stuff. So, you know, I like to keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, there's, it's, there's quite a bit to like here. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, next time we travel, Chad, we're going to have to go to, we're going to stay to Marriott with him. Yeah, <laughs> well, we get a little bit more space yeah, for each other. Plenty, in the room. plenty of room. Yeah. All right, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Well Thanks. earned. Let's get him a shirt, too. Nice to yeah. have you. Thanks, guys. Here's a couple shirts for uh, All right, thanks for you guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. All right, Mike Zayonk, he's coming up. Mike Zayonk, I'm sorry. Mike Zayonk from PNP, founder of Plug and Play Supply Chain and Play Center. What's Here happening, to play Mike? On what the truck. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Thanks for having me, guys. We're glad to get you back on because uh, when I saw you on the schedule here, I was excited to ask you a lot of. Uh, a lot of questions because I like what you guys fund. It's really interesting. But also, I believe that you are, are you Canadian? Yeah, I was born and raised in Vancouver, Canada, and then moved to California about five years ago. Is the sports scene in Canadian college the same as, as crazy it is in the United States? Uh, definitely not as big, uh, the, the sports scene. But uh, yeah, America's like the big leagues. But there's a lot of great teams in, in Canada as well, like professional teams like the world's best basketball team right now is the Toronto Raptors. So. Yeah, that's true. Are, are you a Drake fan? Uh, I, I like Drake. <laughs> okay, he's getting booed off a few stages. <laughs> so, uh, well, tell us a little bit about uh, the Plug and Play Supply Chain Center. It's the world's, what, largest end-to-end supply chain innovation platform, and there's an accelerator. It's a 12-week program. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that? It sounds fascinating. How does it work? Yeah, so uh, I started the supply chain and logistics uh, program at Plug and Play. Uh, at Plug and Play, we're the world's largest accelerator. Uh, we're also the most active venture capital firm in Silicon Valley. So as a global firm, we made about 230 investments last year. Uh, and this year, we'll make about 15 investments just in supply chain and logistics startups. So really excited about kind of how... Uh, startups are just raising a lot of capital in, in, in the supply chain and logistics market and uh, excited to hopefully invest in, in many of these companies. Plug and Play as a firm, uh, we've invested in about 10 unicorns so far. So like Dropbox, wow. PayPal, wow. Lending Club are some of our investments. Uh, in the supply chain space, our best investment is in Rappi, which is a last mile delivery company that became the first uh uh, became the first unicorn in Latin America. So they're doing kind of last mile deliveries, uh, kind of like Postmates and DoorDash uh, all across Latin America. But uh, I mean, we're, we've invested in quite a few uh, really great startups and, and a number of the startups here, uh, we, we're pretty well connected to as well. So how do you guys decide what to fund and what makes something that, you know, this is going to be unicorn, this is a train worth riding? Is it like the Shark Tank? What happens in real life? Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're like obviously 
very professional and, and we have a large team that's always analyzing and figuring out uh, at an early stage uh, metrics like uh, is this a good founding team? Is it a company that we think could scale? Uh, Craig, for example, the CEO of Freightways, he bugged us because we didn't invest in his company. Mm. When, oh, when well, you're like all Mark Cuban, you're like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wish we would have invested. I, we love Freightways, and we really think that there's a great uh, opportunity to disrupt the industry. Uh, and, and really be a, a large player in the, the sector and, and grow. So what we're really looking for is companies with that big vision that could, could be the next unicorn, uh, but we're also looking for companies that essentially uh, could can be resilient and scale and pivot their business models uh, and, and really find a unique technology that... Uh, that can grow and, and uh, I mean we're looking at so many sectors or, or so many different technology areas all across supply chain and logistics so want to place bets in kind of all these different areas and and hopefully some of them will will be really successful. Are, are you looking more for when you look for uh, an innovative company are you looking more for is it the leadership and 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 the the culture or is it more like the unique scalable technology if you had to pick one or the other so the most important thing for us when we invest into startups is team. So we want to make sure that there's a strong management team uh, within the company and a team that could, could grow and, and, uh, and is very hardworking, passionate, I think, is, is really important to, to really believe in their, their, their vision and, and do whatever it takes to be successful. So that's probably the most important thing for us. But, yeah, we look at, like, the traction the company's getting. We look at, uh, yeah, is it a unique t- technology and many other factors as well. I was having lunch with the CEO of Vector right over there, and I, we were talking about he was from San Francisco out here. He was another one of those guys that invests in a company, looks for investments. And I asked him if San Francisco, what the market was like there, if it's, it's a great place to raise money and to find talent, but that can be its own challenge because you have so much competition and it can get very expensive. And he even said that if he were to start another company now, he probably would not found it in San Francisco what is your opinion of that, and are you looking to other markets like the Chicago's, the Chattanooga's of the world? Yeah, so definitely uh, looking to other markets. Definitely think the best place in the world uh, to raise funding for a startup is Silicon Valley because 50% of the venture capital in the world is based on one road, on Sand Hill Road in like Menmo Park area of Silicon Valley. So a lot of the major firms are there. So if you are a startup, you should definitely have... Uh, be, be able to tap into that market and being there is kind of the best way to raise capital and build those relationships but one thing maybe I'll mention is that we did open an, up an office this week uh, or sorry this year in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas so we're really excited to have that as, as a new office in the middle of kind of the United States and partnering there with Walmart and Tyson Foods JB Hunt and Georgia Pacific um, so if, if a company wants to have like a more affordable place to live uh, and grow their team. That's that's something we're really excited to have started this year. Well, what tell us about some of the companies that you have invested in? What are how would you like describe some of the technologies you're investing in, and what's got you excited? Yeah, I mean, we're obviously excited about the startups that are successful and that continue to raise funding. A couple of companies, maybe I'll mention, besides Rappi, which obviously raised a billion dollars uh, from SoftBank uh, this year. Uh, that we're very excited in the supply chain logistics market is uh, Shoof Technologies, which is a kind of a new connectivity that is able to track assets and ports and warehouses. Uh, that it's a very seasoned management team uh, that we invested early on that also raised $4 million from Kleiner Perkins uh, just last year, which is one of the top firms in Silicon Valley. 
Uh, we're also excited about a company called uh, Cogniac, which uh, is now implemented with some, a lot of the railroads across America and has other logistics and manufacturing applications. Um, so we co-invested in Cogniac with Gradient Ventures, which is Google's AI fund. So they essentially are providing a computer vision inspection technology that can be tagged into any camera system. Uh, so they can detect things in real time. And, and uh, it's been really useful, for example, in railroads where, in, in, for example, in Mexico, they'll have a human that's trying to detect, uh, like, for example, human beings uh, hiding on the trains. But they can just tag that into a camera system and better than a human, they can actually detect things like that in real time and also have many predictive maintenance, for example, applications. So that's a company as well that's getting a lot of traction. But, I mean, the, the thing about supply chain is there's so many different areas around IoT and analytics and, and even traceability that we're looking at. So there's, there's a lot of areas that are, are really great to invest in. Where's the money trending right now? We, we see a lot of trends in supply chain where, you know, sometimes blockchain gets really big or TMS gets really big or augmented reality has been talked about. What are, or automation, what are, where's the money flowing right now? Yeah, I think all these areas are really hot. I think for, we see the, the blockchain investments have probably cooled down a little bit uh, in recent years. Plug and Play is one of the most active investors in blockchain companies. But we, we have seen when we first started the program a lot of, uh, caution around a lot of these blockchain startups because of some of the, yeah, the, these large uh, kind of uh, Bitcoin like IPOs that, that happened uh, over, over the years. But I think there's a lot of companies raising a lot of capital around uh, visibility. Like we've worked a lot with Project 44, for example, that, that's here that raised pretty significant capital. We've seen like, for example, Flexport, which became a digital freight market, uh, freight forwarder. Uh, they've raised a ton and there's a lot of others kind of doing something similar. And then we've seen a ton of these freight market places as well, where they're also raising quite a bit of, of, of funding. But I think really anything around data and, and uh, collecting data and analytics, those are really hot areas for us. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. How do people reach out? How do, how do they learn more? If people want to get funded, what do they go about doing? Yeah, so if, if they're interested in learning more about plug and play and just being involved in one of our programs, we want to support startups uh, that are hoping to scale their companies. Uh, we do not charge equity for any of these startups. We do it for free because we want to connect them to the industry. And... Uh, and yeah, connect them to uh, kind of our 300 corporate partners and essentially uh, they can go on our website at pnptc.com uh, or they can just reach out to me or any of our team. Well, fantastic. Thanks for joining us. You seem to have your pulse on what is happening in the industry. I can tell your enthusiasm is infectious. Mike Zayonk for Plug and Play Supply Chain. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. We got a t-shirt for him. His oh, one. yes. Oh, cool. Get him a t-shirt. Share the love. <laughs> we'll give you one of each. Pass them out to uh, oh, pass them out to some of your friends. Okay. Uh, I see Grant over there. Grant from our merge. Grant, do you want to come on up? Grant Crawford. I'll give you a little bumper. Hey, Grant. Five, count five. five, five Grant two, Crawford. Hello. Hey, thanks for the water. It's been keeping me hydrated yeah, all day. President of Emerge. <laughs> yeah, of course. We need we need some more. Can someone bring us some waters for the segment? <laughs> Hey, first of all, congratulations on cracking the top 25 of Thank the Freight Tech Awards. Mm. I believe you Thank were you. number 18. Yep. Yes. I don't know what number you were last year, but you weren't in the top 25, so obviously you're climbing up the leaderboard. How does it feel, Grant? I tell you what, top 20 feels good. Yeah. Now, now I'm an Ohio State guy, so I'd rather be in the top five, three, you know, but all top right. 20 works. Yeah, yeah. well... 
You got it. You got to crack the top 25 to get into the top five, I guess. Way to go. So that's exciting. I mean, what are you going to do with, uh, with uh, how are you going to celebrate? Uh, celebrate, I think, <laughs> you know, continue to keep our nose to the grindstone. I mean, oh. all, got, all kidding aside, right now we've got some, some great momentum going. Um, but, you know, the, the market continues to be prime for people that are, you know, to me, what's, what's differenti- differentiating us is we're, we're doing uh, what we say we're going to do. We're not talking about future state things. So we're continuing to evolve and, and offer new things, but we're um, delivering on, on you know, our, our prop right now, which, which we set out to do. So. And, and Grant, what is that prop? So for people just tuning in there, they're not familiar with Emerge, because Freight Tech is still a market where we're trying to educate everyone on what we're sure. doing. So for people who can't be here, who are at home, we're stuck by the snowstorm. A lot of us couldn't make it because of the blizzard. Actually, a lot of us did make it yeah, right. despite the blizzard. I think we still gated over 1,400 out of the, the 1,500 total, which is pretty amazing. And thank you to everybody who showed up, because it was not easy, including for the Freightways team. But for people who can't be here and can't go to the Emerge booth, what do you guys do, and, and what's it all about? So, uh, the first thing I'd say is we are uh, making people believe that, un- that unicorns exist. We are a digital freight marketplace, uh, but you know we're many things. Uh, we're a broker. We're a digital broker. We're, we're a carrier, in a sense. We're a TMS. Uh, at the end of the day, we're providing uh, visibility to the market uh, of what's actually out there and available. Uh, live market rates, live market data. Uh, we want to be a, as agnostic as possible and just be a, a tool, a, a kayak, per se, uh, for a shipper to come in and, and manage their own business, but as well as have visibility to what else is out there, options that are out there, and, and just allow them uh, the opportunity to take advantage of them when they want to. So in a sense, you're like a deal matchmaking service? That's fair. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> All right. You, you guys are in Scottsdale, Arizona. Is that right? We are in beautiful Scottsdale. It might be a great place for freight waves to think about next November. It's a great <laughs> place for conferences. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Oh, are, 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 it, those, are those Is it a, is it a warm heat? Yeah. Is it a dry heat out there right now? It is a fantastic dry heat right now. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. So you guys are, you're many things. Uh, well, about like how long have you guys been around? Yeah, what, so, what size are you? I, I think we have a, a really cool story too. So we're about three years old, but the first two years was just building the platform. So our, our co-founders uh, are uh, Michael and Andrew Leto. And they they founded Global Trans, an incredibly successful uh, brokerage to date, two billion dollar brokerage. Global Trans, you, you might yeah. know them from Off the Supply Chain. Yeah, Chad. familiar yep. with them. They sponsored Off the Supply Chain. Yeah. So uh, Andrew, Andrew and Michael uh, stepped aside there a couple, uh, about three years ago. Dove in, dove into Emerge. Uh, myself, I've got 25 years in, in the carrier side. I was at FedEx for the majority of that. Uh, chairman of our board was 40 years at UPS. So you know, we, the way I like to put it is that we're transportation guys doing technology. Uh, we have the, the, the voice of the shipper uh, at, at, our, at our fingertips. It allows us to continue to navigate our roadmap and, and take the feedback directly from the customer, from the shipper, and, and build technology that applies to them versus build things that we think might work. What is that voice saying? What is that, that inner voice of the shipper compelling you to do? Right now, the shipper wants to have options. They want to uh, have the ability to tap in not just to the 50 or 60 carriers and and handful of brokers they do business with, but that greater market. And again, that's what what folks like us are providing is that visibility to upwards of 30,000 carriers that come into our platform on a regular basis. And, you know, it's traditionally the, called the RFP process was very arduous, very costly. A lot of resources went into it. And, you know, the, the, the shipper just didn't have the time uh, or the resources to sift through more than that 50 or 60 carriers. So we're, we, we do all the work. 
We do all the heavy lifting. The technology does the heavy lifting. That I would just like to vouch for that too, because it's not just the shipper. It's also the 3PL. It's a lot of work getting the demands of an RFP out, especially when it comes time for contract season. And then it's especially difficult and especially time-wasting, A, when you don't win, but B, when the market goes to hell and everyone goes to exactly spot market, right. because neither in the ocean or on the land, contracts are, they're, as Craig calls them, paper rates. They're, they're kind of BS. Nobody really honors them in bad markets. Yep, that's exactly right. So... Our, our, our overflow market provides them you know, the nimbleness for that, that freight that falls outside of their route guide and provides them visibility. But on the flip side, our dynamic, dynamic RFP tool allows them to continue to wash their contract rates through our platform and see, you know, to your point, is that contract uh, worth staying in or is there something out there that, that's, that's, you know, um, that the market's going to bear that, that's worth making a dynamic change? So in essence... You know, instead of an annual RFP, they can use our platform and run a RFP weekly, monthly, quarterly, seasonally, however often they'd like to by lane, uh, and then you know make sure they're they're always taking advantage of what the what the market's bearing. But you know, ultimately, you know, again, we just want to provide the options, uh, be as as like I said, as agnostic as possible, and we just have a, a flat pass through fee that, that that is you know basically funds what we do, but the technology itself we built is free. There's no SaaS fee. There's no transaction fee. It's just we, if, we, if we bring them capacity, that's when we get paid. Oh, so, I see. So Interesting. If, if we save the, you know, I'll quote one of our, one of our, our newest customers uh, when we, and it's a, it's a household brand and name that, that we all use every day. Mm. And Kleenex. <laughs> Can we get Tide? There Tide pods. Close. Keep going. No. Uh, uh, but ultimately, when we, when we finished that up, you know, the response from the CEO was, you didn't give me a single reason not to use your platform. And that's, that's ultimately what we're trying to do. Well, so you're working with a lot of data. You've got a carrier perspective. You, are, uh, you, you, you function as a brokerage. You've got your pulse on what shippers are wanting. You, but you all, and you also you're tracking in real time. But you also you guys say that you you also have you, you're tracking the past. I, I assume that must mean something to do with the cyclical and, and past history. But how does that play into your data collection and you guys making good decisions? Yeah, it, uh, ultimately it goes again back to providing visibility to the past on the buying behavior that the shipper now has has new visibility to. You'd be amazed, or I've been amazed, anyways. With um, with the size of of customers that are out there that didn't have visibility to their to their how they purchased how they how they procured were were there folks in their two hundred locations that procured making good wise business decisions or procuring decisions were they um, taking advantage of what was out there or were they doing what was maybe you know hitting that easy button so you know our data provides the decision makers all the way down to the guy you know hitting the tender button full visibility, not only what's available, but how they purchased in the past and try to, you know, at least bring it to light so, so they can take advantage of, of different opportunities if they want to. Sonar 5.0, it was unveiled yesterday on stage. How, and I think sort of the, the blockbuster thing, the, the unveil at the end was the rate predictor. How important is a category like that to both the shipper and the carrier? Because we all know there's load boards and sure. a lot of, I mean, we're always trying to get closer and closer to live rates, but when you look at something like like dad, you know, they'll tell you what the, the average van, weekly van average was, but the word weekly is in there and the word average is in there, which means that it's already kind of happened. Yep. So you already kind of know what you paid and you're just kind of benchmarking against the rates that you got. But knowing what you're going to pay is really the secret sauce. It, it is. And again, you think back to the annual, uh, you know, the traditional RP process. In a lot of cases, to your point, 
the shipper just wanted to be able to budget for what he's going to spend or what she's going to spend. Um, so, you know, that information that continues to be more available to all of us just helps them in that process. But, you know, back to, to how we look at it from an eMERGE standpoint, while it's, while it's good information to have, we're still ultimately providing the shipper actual rates because it's actual power that's bidding on it. So it's not we're not projecting what we expect it to be and then pushing it to the shipper. We're, we're bringing them actual trucks that here's what we're you know, willing to, 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 to perform the, the move for today versus us guessing then going out and finding the power. Well, how far back does your data go? Uh, well, again, we're, we're, we're three years old, three but years. we really just started um, actively. Uh, you know, we, we launched a platform about 14 months ago. So it's, it's, it's improving as we speak. It is, absolutely. Yeah. Gr- growing dynamically. Tell us a little bit about uh, your background. My first job in the business, I grew up, or I'm sorry, I woke up one day and realized I'm the old guy now. But uh, my first job in the business was loading trucks for FedEx Ground before it was even called Ooh. FedEx. All right, I, I had the purple promise too. I was there with FedEx go. Trade Networks. I think they're FedEx supply chain there. And anyone I would tell that I work there, they would be like, oh, you must drive the truck. No, nope. I know. That's the horror. That's why I started talking about this. I started a podcast because I like talking about freight, but outside of the context of events like here or the con- or conference calls or your office, there's nobody really to talk about freight with. Yeah, so my first job was loading the trucks in 1991. They, they briefly tried to put me behind the wheel, and I failed miserably at that. Uh, so I, I jumped back on the dock. Uh, I grew up through uh, the FedEx uh, you know, stable companies, both at ground and freight. My last role there was uh, vice president of inter- international ops. Had the chance to open up FedEx Freight up in uh, in Canada and li- lived uh, lived up in Canada for a couple of years. But uh, it, you know, I, again, I, I look back at uh, at my at my career now, and it, I'm so thankful that I was able to to literally grow up in the front lines. Because again, you know, I think about the environment we're in now, and you know, we talk about the driver shortage and how do we attract drivers to the industry. And I'll tell you, those guys and gals have such a challenging job, and it's, it's exciting uh, for me. It's one of the things that I love about Emerge because, you know, one, one of the things we haven't touched on yet is how it impacts the carrier. And ultimately, since we are, um, you know, automating how shippers and carriers are brought together, uh, there's more money to go back in the pocket for both folks uh, because this is technology. So ultimately, the driver is going to put more money in his or her pocket and, you know, there's two ways to attract drivers to, to, to the industry, in my opinion. One is find a way to, to make their life easier. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of tools out there, fantastic tools to, to help them do that from a technology standpoint, standpoint right now. Not only make them easier in, t- in terms of making sure they're, they're moving and earning as much as possible. Just, just the day in life of the driver, though, on, on the road, things like trucker tools and truck stop are doing a you know, great job with that. But the flip side is ultimately put more money in their pocket, right? So if you're doing those two things, I think we can attract drivers to the industry. And I, I love how, how we're having an impact of that and having grown up in the front line with the drivers. I mean, the first 15 years of my career was working on the docks in some capacity with the drivers. And it's, it's fun to it's fun to be a part of, I, I think, you know, driving guys to the business again. Well, Grant, it is great to have you on the stage. Thank you so much. Congratulations on how you are emerging really fast under the freight tech scene. Uh, tell them how to get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. So we have, we have a booth here, of course, uh, emergemarket.com. They okay. reaches reach us there as well. Okay. And uh, let's get this man yep. a T-shirt, Please. Dooner. Here's a, here's a few shirts for you, and I, I think you might have a little entourage with you I over do. there. So yeah, make bring sure them over to you. Thank you for coming on. All Thanks, right, guys. Grant Crawford, everybody. Woo. Very nice. Thank you. Five, count of five. five here comes Mario, Mario from iTrucker. 
Mario Polowski. Polowski. Yes. My uh, my ma- my mother is Polish. Really? Yes, yeah, Dobre. Dobre. <laughs> is, is it Mario or Mario? Ma- Mario. Mario. Oh, well, yeah. My real name is Mariusz, but Mario. uh, everybody is calling me Mario because it's uh, very hard to pronounce actually Mariusz with the S and Z at the end. <laughs> well, I have seen you a lot on Twitter. We're Twitter friends. It's mm-hmm. good to meet you here in person. Yeah, good to meet you too, guys. You uh, seem to key in on uh, like cutting edge stories, like automation. I see you robotics a lot of times. Well, that's on Twitter, but. Uh, we have a huge uh, uh, community on Facebook, which is, you know, tracking-related uh, community. We have about 65,000 followers and members. We, wow. have a, we have a page, which is a Facebook page. We have a group. We have about 30-something thousand members. Very engaging group. Uh, daily, 20,000 people are live on the group, so... What do you guys? What do you guys discuss? Because social media is such an amazing thing. If you look at that board over there, even people who use the hashtag #FWLive on Twitter, they're ending up right on uh, right on this, these digital boards, these LEDs that were ensconced in. We're just surrounded by them everywhere. Mario, have you been tweeting about this event? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean we're do it more. No, like, uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do it. Trust me. Easy. When we come back home today, and yeah. then I'm gonna go to the office. Next whole week is gonna be tweet about the event and about. Oh, the shootout is going to be on the Facebook and yeah. everywhere. So Where is home? Home is here in Chicago. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, no wonder. Anywhere. Hey, is this your first Freight Waves Live or have you been no, to others? No, I was invited uh, by you guys uh, to Atlanta on the panel. So okay. That's my oh, wow. one. See, we don't get to see those things because, like, we have our panel up here. Before we were in that that audio octagon, we were even more closed yeah, up. Yeah, goldfish so bowl. Yeah, we didn't really get to see anybody unless they came into the booth. We have to, and now that we're live streaming everything, though, not just us, but any of you. If you pick this stream over the main stages over there, not only are you awesome, but you can still <laughs> go back and listen to the Wolf of Wall Street and, and all of those other things that happened up on the stage. Did you happen to catch that, the Wolf of Wall Street? Uh, no, actually, I wouldn't. I was so busy with. Uh, Talking to to the people which we are actually agreed to meet here. Oh yeah. Uh, the show, yeah. There are so many people from LinkedIn and from social media, you know, who we have some things in common. They like to, you know, go through our platform, connect with our uh, pot- uh, our audience on our social media because they are potential customers wow. for them. But and we are really, really growing fast. We we're actually the fastest growing online tracking related community in the United States right now. Wow, okay. Well, it sounds like you're all about the collaboration, the relationship building. Yes. What else? That's what Belfort you... was saying too, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what the Wolf a... of Wall Street was saying. That is what he was saying. Uh, and, you know, and he was very motivational, strangely motiv- motivating, even with, uh, you know, some of his uh, rough past, but I really liked his message. He's of... saying do more TikToks too. That, that reminds me. <laughs> keep talking. I'm okay, let's do it. Let's do a TikTok. Just keep going. Uh, Mario, do you, do, you, uh, uh, do you check out any of the demos? Do you, do you, do you see what some of the innovation is happening here well, at the I event? Well, I mean, I was mostly, you know, like uh, uh, about uh, connecting with the other people here, so I saw a few demos, but not much, you know, today. So, uh, okay. I'm going to recap everything, you know, on yeah. the, you know, re- record, uh, so uh, that's what I'm going to do, you know, so I'm kind of doing this that way, you know, I'm processing yeah. things a little bit. I don't, I mean, whatever I'm seeing live, 
I have to sleep with that few days. Yeah, you got to process it. Um, but you know, there's 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 like an intellectual energy. There's there's a hum. There's a stimulation. There's ideas floating around. Anything capturing your attention uh, on the ideas of what the solutions are around here? Yeah, I mean that's this is all about technology solutions. You know, everybody yeah. seems to want to di- disrupt something. You know, this word disruption is kind of it's. I believe it's start being overused a little bit. Oh yeah, we it's, were talking about. I'm I was calling this fixing, maybe, yeah. or the problems, you know. Well, now that you bring, now that you, you know, you're talking about social media, you're talking about engaging on there, and it's like you know something has kind of jumped the shark. A term has just really begun passe when I like to equate it to people start putting it in their LinkedIn title, yes. like disruptor, influencer. <laughs> yeah. Slash this, slash that. I mean, because if you think about it, in supply chain, it's not about disruption. And if you watch the video that FreightWaves put out, and I think our lovely Jonathan Smith over there may have helped edit that one and use his drone, but at the end of the video, it's one we use for recruiting, and uh, Craig Fuller says something akin to, we're not trying to disrupt an industry, we're trying to create one. That's, and that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking is the, the, the best way to put it that way. Because, you know, disruption, you know, in lots of people it sounds not, not really like, you know, uh, that you really want to help something. Yeah. You want to disrupt, you know, because the word disruption means like, a, you know, like according to me, in, yeah, like <laughs> interrupt, go to uh, somebody's wedding, you know, yeah. get drunk and yeah. start dancing on the table. I well, object, it, you know. That's that's a it, you know so. No doubt it did come from a, a previous decade where there did need to be some it, some changes, some revolution. But I, I like that idea and I get it. That's almost like what Shelly Simpson is talking about with JB Hunt 360, how, you know, you can be both an incumbent and, an, and a disruptor, so to speak. It's a paradox and it's actually creating this new a new industry it's a altogether. paradox inside of a riddle cracked in a fortune cookie chad and you are an enigma wrapped in a riddle mi- mystery you're an enigma wrapped in a riddle in. <laughs> all right uh, <laughs> mario tell me uh so you said you, you said something earlier on and and we moved on for it but i want to go back for a second because i know you really well from twitter why is the conversation a little bit different on twitter your focus there seems to be a bit more on technology than it would be on something like facebook is it just you leveraging the platforms to their strengths yeah i mean basically what i'm doing you know there's different audience and different people using you know i realized that long time ago twitter and facebook facebook is for uh basically uh People who are a little bit, you know, older, that's for sure. Yeah. Twitter is used by people who are have like a, let's say, even our president Trump, you know. Yeah. He <laughs> loves the Twitter. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, Policy is decided and dictated yeah, but technology and settled also, over Twitter. I'm connected with so much influencers like Mike Quindazzi, Quindazzi, you know, one of the biggest, you know, influencers in the world. Yeah. They all talking about the AI. If I post this content on my group on the page, you know, I'm gonna start losing, you know, uh, audience like a oh, they're, in the same day. What do they so, want to talk about? Because they they're talk about rates. Tracking, okay? They want to talk about rates all the time. No, no, no. Okay. No. They're <laughs> talking about the, you know, first thing, yieldy. Yeah. Of course. Second thing, detention. Third thing, uh, let's say, you know, uh, driver shortage, which is not really driver shortage, but uh, that's what is on Facebook. And they want to talk about this, but we're trying to keep, you know, very positive. Mm-hmm. And eye tracker is actually kind of a bridge between old school, you know, tracking. We're kind of trying to explain them, you know, that this technology, technological revolution, is just going to happen. And 
they have to go with that, you know. So. Well, Mario, Mario you yeah. are a revolution happening right now. Tell everybody how to get in touch with you. Yeah. How do they join I, that conversation? The right? iTrucker community. Yes, please visit our uh, page at Facebook at iTrucker or iTrucker.com. Yeah. And our group, uh, Truckers Past, Present, and Future. On Facebook also. All right, I'm going to stay on Twitter because I don't want to too political for me. Too political, and you start just hating your relatives and stuff because they I don't, it's just I'm too trying to stay, stay away from political, you know, because it's, yeah. every post on our group and page, you know, is making huge commotion, yeah. and we have to diffuse it. Nice. Thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, thank you. Take Great care, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now, stepping up to the stage, it's managing partner Cassandra Gaines from Cassandra Gaines Law Group. Cassandra, come on in. Hi. Hi, well, Cassie. Hi. Can we call Is you that, Cassie? Yeah, <laughs> Does that sound uh, really sexy and exciting when a lawyer... Oh, jumping on. Well, of yes. course it does. Like, well, you see people flocking. Have we done closer? anything to get sued? Yeah, now they're all like, oh, what, are, <laughs> what kind of law, law can be a lot of things. Like, Chad is a doctor, but like, what does, what does that mean? Okay. What does that mean, right, Chad? You're a doctor of words. I'm a doctor of humanity. So what are you a lawyer of? Okay, good question, because yeah. there are a lot of lawyers. i got to make sure I'm using this mic correctly, too. Now you're great. Now you're okay. awesome. Sounding good. Very proper. All right, a lot of lawyers, right? I specifically do transportation law. Okay. So if you ask me about employees and family law and divorces, I'm not going to know, and I'm not going to care. I do trucking and logistics, and that's what I've done my whole career. So I've worked for Schneider, I've worked for Echo, worked for Arrive, Global Trans. I have my own company now. Well, have you seen trends because of these nuclear verdicts that are happening here in 2019? Yes, I have. And it's heading right for logistics companies, mostly because trucks get in accidents. And then they don't have enough insurance, maybe a million dollars. And when you hurt somebody on the road, a million dollars is nothing. Right. And, so then and they go to sue the shippers. They go to see the brokers. But to a lot of carriers, that's, that's like every, everything. $300,000 $300, can put a lot of small carriers. $300,000 verdict. And just having to deal with the courts and deal with the law and being wrangled and tied up in that it's in Brulio, It is. Mm-hmm. Well, and rates are going up with insurance companies now. That's true. And it's very difficult to yeah, get insurance. Yeah, it has insurance. a cause and effect on both sides, right? What's a carrier to do? Uh, well, let's see. I don't. I usually represent now, although I work for Schneider, now I represent brokers. Okay. So um, uh-huh. I help brokers avoid being sued, if that's even possible these days. Um, but carriers? Uh, carriers, there's a lot <laughs> they can do to avoid getting sued. And a lot of it goes down to safety and maintenance and being careful of things. But... Do you guys want to talk about something even more fun? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is way more fun. Because okay. every lawyer who's going to get up here and say they're a transportation lawyer, they're all going to say I think you're going to be accidents. the only lawyer. We've met our lawyer quota. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> you will be the what the truck lawyer for the we'll day. find another one here. Maybe, I don't know if any others are here. They're going to talk about accidents. Everybody wants to talk about accidents. Let's talk about something. Because you'll talk about accidents with people in this room, and they've heard it all. They'll be like, wah, wah, wah. They want to hear about things that impact their day every day. So Wait, let's talk about, want- have you ever heard of hostage? Yeah. All right, there you go. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Accidents. Here she goes again, ruining our day. So Whoops you said something more Have you ever been on the back Give of a bus applause. just yelling at people with, like, <laughs> upside-down question marks and things on next to it? <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Yes, Wouldn't would. that be a great lawyer hey, if that was I it? got a question for you. So what is, because not everybody knows law, and law can be vague and can be interpreted, and a lot of people kind of think they're their own lawyer because they watch too much TV. Yes, they do. What is something that most people in this room, what risk are most people in this room exposed to, especially in transportation, that they're not aware of? That they're not aware of. Um, oh, this is such a good one. There's, there's a lot of them that come to yeah. mind. 
This like is that guy one. right there. What risk is he? He's not aware that he's. Oh, be careful. Guy, you are at okay. risk, sir. I wonder if he is collecting way too much data he's getting from ELDs. Oh. And oh. now he knows the trucker's speed. He knows the trucker's hours of service. He knows too much. With the truckers driving through the weather, he knows way too much, which gets him into a lawsuit. So can Wait, you know so too much? Most people in this room won't even know that. They'll be all excited. I got this. I got the. I know how, how fast that carrier's Wait, going. So Woo. are you talking about? Is this data policies? They they're not. They're mismanaging data policies and leveraging it in ways that it's not intended. Or most people not reading the the terms and conditions that may apply. No, they're fine doing it. What happens is that they have too much data, and then what happens is that that truck gets in an accident. Plaintiff attorney finds out. You've just got Zach Strickland's attention too. <laughs> Whoa, he's riveted. <laughs> Plaintiff attorney finds out that the logistics company that hired the trucker that's doing track and trace knows how fast the truck was going, that the truck was driving through bad weather, that the truck was out of service or out of hours. Well, what happens? That's not good information to know. It's exciting operationally. Oh, it makes you not liable. Mm-hmm. Wow, I know what you're saying. You're self liable. It's sort of like mm-hmm. when we heard when the when the airplane went off the rail off not the rail the runway. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have to shut down the airport at that because suddenly they're a, they can't say okay we treated the runways we didn't know anything was going to happen because a plane literally just went off mm-hmm. the runway and now they're negligent. Yes, that's so exactly right. Do you remember the you guys all remember the nuclear verdict that just came out that kind of blew everybody's minds with Warner. Yeah. And the truck was literally on the road in an ice storm. That's what the judgment was. A woman was driving. The other way. She lost other other direction. She lost speed of her truck. She was going too fast. She spins around, goes over the median, hits the truck, hits the truck. Warner truck. This nice guy just driving down the road minding his business. That's what they paid for us because that truck was on the road in bad weather. Well, guess what? If the broker knew that truck was on the road in bad weather too... The broker, the broker knew lo- too oh. much. The broker knew too much. Mm-hmm. You, the broker always knows too much. You or can do they? know too much. No, so you what, can know what, too You much. make a great point, though. What she does a broker a great, do? Well, no, like, she makes a great point because uh, before you could you could have some plausible deniability. Before there was all of this data, documents yeah. could get lost. You know, you could be like, I never got yeah, it. You could drop it in the paper shredder. Here's another thing. There you, ain't no digital paper shredder, You can't Chad. be accountable for what you say you don't know if you should have known. So maybe the broker should know if he's dispatching someone out in bad weather. Yep, that's true. I tell brokers often, take care of your carriers. If you know they're driving in bad weather, maybe let them know. Don't drive in bad weather. How about get off the roads? And we'll help you rearrange. But Chad, that in real life, but most, is the broker but most of them are not going to do that. Most brokers are not making that call. They're like, yeah. no, get the freight there. I it's know. I Someone agree. has to die sometimes. So, put, so was the broker responsible in this Werner situation? I made that up. Oh, oh. <laughs> hey, wait a second. I mean, I had John, I had to but, okay, you but happy, Have you ever done that in open court? <laughs> have you just suddenly, like, yes. by, during the closing uh, argument, just, just been like, you, I made that I up. I just made that up. Um, <laughs> it was, I needed to keep their attention. I needed them to understand that I'm in that worst situation, if the broker had known the speed, if oh. the broker had known that they were in the act, that's a great example. Weather, you want to know another one? Is in the yeah. broker's on the phone with a carrier, and the carrier is not supposed to be on the phone at all and gets in an accident. There you go. So that's an example oh, like of the broker talking call. too much. Okay. Where are you? Where are you? Driver's driving down the road and then hits somebody because he's on the phone. Well, guess who's on the phone with? The broker. Guess who's um, liable as well? Bro- the broker. Guess what? I ruin people's dinner time. 
just so you guys know. Like, Talking I'm a, about I'm a buzz hypotheticals? Kill. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, like, on and on like death by guys. where's my freight phone call. Yeah. Death by, like, harassment yeah, like, by cell phone. Mm-hmm. You're doing it right now. Like, so pick out another person and say how they're at risk and okay. ruin their dinner. Yeah, listen, how about Arlen? How is Arlen at risk? He's running an event here, an entire event. <laughs> oh, how is he responsible? <laughs> I mean, did everyone sign waivers here? Because oh. I thought over there there's a really sharp table. So if somebody trips and falls and they hit their head... That's another one. That's not as exciting as trucking accidents. Trucking accidents are really exciting. (laughs) She may be cutting a little too close. I'll tell you another one that many brokers don't (laughs) know. This one isn't as Everyone's suddenly going to pack up and leave. They're like, oh, no. See, I told you. I don't know whose idea it was to bring a lawyer on on play. So is that like... So Craig was odd, and you're talking about how sometimes he can't even watch our own content. Not only because he does a lot and you just get exhausted, but because you become too critical. It's hard to remove yourself from it. So are you able to watch, like, lawyer shows without going, like, nuts? And you're like, that yeah, is, that's just not the way it goes. Because Chad can't read books without, like, underlining stuff and correcting things. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to, like, choose his own adventure. He's always like, I'm like, Chad, I'm always you like, just got to read this in normal been book. Better. Or, wow, that sentence. I wish I had written that. Oh, God, you know? mind yourself. He doesn't read anything I write. So when you come to but a conference, yes like this though other than like trying to get people sued what else do you like what what are you trying to get out of something here <laughs> i make connections i'm trying to get people to understand that there is help out there when things go wrong because often when you have a hostage load when you have a bond claim when you have a cargo claim and your life is just on fire as a broker every day you literally don't think i can call a lawyer to help a no point one, no of optimism after all of the risk and the and scaring us so much. Yeah, there that was is well. That was really help. nicely said. Well, Plate well, thank optimism. you. I think it was nicely said of you. Yeah. So very nice, Cassandra Gaines. All right, we have five minutes left. I think oh. we're going to bring a very special guest over here. This bearded gentleman. Oh, yeah, he this just is made one of my best concept. friends. Are you guys friends? Yes. Did you know? Actually, I have something to tell you guys. Yeah. yeah. He co- said to somebody earlier Don't tell that I. That. No, I'm telling Don't them. Tell I'm telling them that. them that I was similar to head lice. He you can't are similar to to get rid of me. She said she's tough to oh. get. She said she's tough to get rid of. Yeah. I said you can't get rid no, of me. No, you just use shampoo. Well, she knows that we all need well, a little for help. Me, I can't. Sh- yeah. If I shave my beard, my wife will leave. Me. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I don't you, have you hair. Got, is that why you got lice? You know, got so I'm overreacting. So, Ryan, a carrier direct. Ryan so, Schreiber. Yeah. He said I was a specific type of head lice. Legal or lice advice? Wow, she's. I would never say that. That's. It was good to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's I already have a T-shirt. Cassandra Gaines of the Gaines Law Group, a managing partner there. Yeah. Fantastic I, to have I, you on. You are you the most entertaining attorney we've had on What the Truck. Why don't you say nice so things here. like that to me? I, th- I this do. is an extra if, you go, if you go over to the registration desk, too, hold on to that when you give it to a friend, but they have other sizes. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Cassandra and I are great friends. Hi, Thank yes. You. Maybe the only attorney, but definitely the most fun one. She's not the only attorney. So Cassandra and I are good friends because I'm an attorney. Oh! She's an attorney. Okay. You, you are an attorney? But I'm on the... Right. So, like, Cassandra and I are, like, two sides of the same coin, right? She's an attorney who knows about freight. I'm a freight person who also happens to be an attorney. So that's how Wait, that's, that's oh, part wow. of the that's same thing. We love each other. Oh, yeah. Wait, that's, that's one of those mind games you're playing. Yes. Did you teach her everything she knows, or did she teach you everything you know? <laughs> that's a great question. I think she probably taught me everything I know. I like, see, with the oh, beard, though, he's, yeah. he's got to say that. Now. I got to think about it a little yeah. bit. He's got to yeah. say yeah. that now. So for people who don't know, what is Carrier Direct? So, Carrier Direct is uh, a uh, consulting company. We work exclusively in transportation. So, we do traditional management consulting, which is like. Uh, compensation, uh, reorganization, process improvement. Then we also do custom technology development. So we build proprietary software for our clients. 
Work exclusively in transportation, 3PLs, brokers, carriers. So so if you are creating the actual thing they're using, are you liable if something goes wrong? And then do you protect yourself? Are we liable if something goes wrong? Well, we have a sort of waiver, right? You're just giving advice. I <laughs> yes. mean, there's a layer of how risk long, that's how prevented long is the waiver? Something. How long is the waiver? Very long. All waivers are long, right? Yeah. Nobody reads that stuff anyway, of right? Yeah. Right. You, just, you just sign in and keep going. Except the rival lawyer. Right. And you hope that they're not as good as you are. Right, yeah. right, exactly. And so, if it's Cassandra, I'm screwed. So what are the kind of things you're finding yourself consulting on? What, what do shippers, carriers, the people you're talking yeah. to, what do they need advice on in 2019? The, mo- the, the three things we end up talking about the most are people. Yeah. Right. I think the thing I found most interesting from some of the seminars like yesterday. You just gossip about people. Yeah. <laughs> We're like this. Guy. Uh, he's got life. I, I, I can see he's got a gift for for Gab right yeah. here. Yesterday, Andrew, uh, uh, Andrew, and uh, and Matt Pia talking about you know the future of freight. What was the thing they spent more than fifty percent of their time talking about? People. Yeah. So people at the center of everything. Um, yeah. What to do with all this technology? How do I even apply this to my business? I have all these other problems: process problems, comp problems. You know. Technology we know is not an elixir, so how do I fix that stuff? And then where do I even start on the technology front? And then how do I get how do I get a competitive advantage outside of technology? How do I get better? How do I Ooh. organize my business that makes me more competitive than my competitors? How do I use something like lean staffing, right, to be more competitive in creative ways and be creative about my business that also keeps the heart of my business intact? It's about good culture. It's about yeah. good people. Right. I mean, it's still in the end. Yeah, right? culture is the hardest thing to to affect, right? Because it's it's such an esoteric concept yeah. it's, it's really in the clouds so you want to you want to keep the you want to keep the heart of your business intact you got to know what that is and then and then and then address it appropriately what platform that you see here other than i maybe sonar do you think that is really practical and going to help a lot of of your clients you know you can sure. just say the type of service it is if you don't want to like name drop a company because no. they have the check hasn't cleared but <laughs> yeah the check yeah. uh i'm uh, so so anything that anything that has a really specific Use case. So something that there, where somebody's not trying to boil the ocean. So for instance, I'm really we're really bullish on on HubTech. Yeah. Um, or HubTran, excuse me. Uh, the the payment uh, platform and uh, okay. document payments management. are so hot right now. They, Everybody yeah. loves talking up the payment platform. Well, it's non revenue generating. You know, uh, transportation companies at the end of the day, their sales organizations are an execution arm. So anything anything that can anything that takes away from generating revenue. Uh, is an expense, and and a dollar saved in expense is a dollar at the bottom line. So I love yeah. that you said that because when I was a broker and I worked for a three PL, I really felt like no matter what they said, all we really were was a sales and marketing That's arm it. for a much larger Chinese overseas agent. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Because <laughs> we couldn't make our own rates; so we'd be holding to them. You know, they yep. they controlled basically everything we did, other than the look of stuff. Yeah. But you're basically just white gloving other people's box. Yeah, we're we're, you're, we're sales organizations. We yeah. have to generate sales. We have to. We have to bring on customers. If we don't do that, it doesn't matter how great our back office is. So efficiencies we can get in the back office are something I've always been really passionate about. And then managing liability. And well, everyone likes to get paid in as fast as possible. How do they? Uh, how do you get paid? Tell them where to find you, Ryan. Uh, CarrierDirect.com is a great place to start. And uh, shoot me an email, give me a call. Follow me on LinkedIn. I'm always posting on LinkedIn. Yeah. By the way, you need to get back into posting those videos of that guy dancing. I love those. Every Friday. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. The, uh, I noticed you haven't posted I, them in like I've just been six so weeks. Busy. And I'm like, is Dooner okay? That's because we're up to like 10 podcasts on Freecast. Yeah. Just, I just get more and more busy as we grow and grow and grow. That guy, that guy cracks me I love that dude. He's like a German dude, right? Yeah, it's so he's funny, just, man. This guy on his, just in his kitchen. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Like, He's so good. Yeah, you wouldn't expect it. Yeah. I know. Great like to have you on, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan Schreiber. Yeah, we'll see you guys. Yeah.